It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Welcome to episode 73 of the BloodandMud.com podcast. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of BloodandMud.com, and over there is... I am Josh Gardner of RugbyShirtWatch.com. Do you know why this music is playing, Josh? I mean, I love it, obviously, but I I, I don't really understand, no. Wait a minute. This is Redemption. The theme to Rocky 2. And I think the title of the show this week should be Redemption after that glorious be. win on but Saturday. Of course it is. When they're the in the ambulances. Now that it's hit in with the fucking Rocky theme. Yeah. Obviously. This is my oh. favourite Rocky theme because of the addition of 70s funk horns. <laughs> they are quality 70s funk horns. Yeah. Anybody tell you that's not. So that's why we're using such a tune this week because there has been a great deal, a great deal of redemption going on yes there's been redemption all over the place there has but sloshing all over Eden Park like proper radio now oh I like that we could just play this on a loop all the way through couldn't we do you you really want to listen to the rest of this podcast (laughs) because it's all downhill after redemption from Rocky 2 by Bill Conti but that was uh, there you go so that's why we've got that teed up and I could not be happier coming up this week as well as a lot of redemption we've got a look at the news and then it's going to be uh, what news has been going on then it's all Lions chat all the time 
non-stop. Followed by more you lines, probably, You probably haven't had enough, enough lines chat over the last yeah, and I'm two con- and a half days. Yeah, and I'm conscious that we're so. recording now on a Monday. There's probably about eight podcasts out between the game finishing <laughs> on Saturday and here. So whatever we're saying, I have to deliberately avoid all of the podcasts we're seeing now and recording, otherwise it becomes, you know, you end up copying people. But So anything we say, I've not copied anyone because I've not heard it. So, uh, so yeah, we've got chat, lines chat, more lines chat, followed by the shit good ratings, followed by probably another advert at the end and then followed by silence and worry yes. until Saturday. Sound of silence, as Simon and Garfunkel Funkel would have once said. Simon and Garfunkel Funkel, yes. Garfunkel, yeah. I don't know why I just totally fucking didn't stick the landing on Simon and Garfunkel there. What's the point in making a joke? Yeah, so I'm Lee. There's Josh. You can get in touch with me at Blood and Mud on Twitter or Lee at bloodandmud.com or there's bloodandmud.com website. What about you, Josh, if people want to grab uh, all of you? Uh, at Rugby Shirt Watch or indeed at Josh Gardner. Uh, there's rugbyshirtwatch.com. There's Rugby Shirt Watch on Instagram. Uh, Rugby Shirt Watch on Facebook. I don't think we're anywhere else. Oh, it never ends. Uh, it so... You can leave reviews while you're there on iTunes where you can find us and please subscribe. You can subscribe on Acast or anywhere else you can put stuff on, Stitcher, things like that that I don't use and don't really understand, but I imagine it's something that people can use. Don't know what that is. Anyway, reviews-wise, we haven't had a review on iTunes, sorry, Apple Podcasts this week, but we have had, because sometimes I just put Blood and Mud Podcast Review into Google and hit return and see what comes <laughs> back, just just Jesus. to see... Just to see what's out there. No, well, not. It's not technically me. It's technically. (laughs) Anyway. Um. Anyway, we had a review, and I think, and you will like this review particularly, Josh, for reasons that will become clear. Review from the Silver Fern New Zealand Rugby Forum, where they were given a list of all the podcasts you can listen to, and this one was. (laughs) Yeah, it's two guys talking about rugby. Full stop. Two English guys. Yeah, go fuck yourself, pal. <laughs> However, he then follows it on with the sort of rugby conversation you have over several beers, sweary, funny, biased, but also well-observed, though sometimes endearingly daft. I quite like that as a review, particularly really about you being it. English. I quite like that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, whoever that is, thank you for your nice comments. Get fucked. Uh, and... <laughs> this is what happens when you lose your full Aberdare brogue, you see, Josh. <laughs> yes, I'm fully aware that my, my Welsh accent is barely detectable these days, but come on. How often do I spend at least the first 45 minutes of this pod banging the fuck on about something to do with Welsh rugby? If you haven't noticed that by now, I'm not sure you're paying attention. I do wonder how much of the persons listen to the podcast, but obviously they're a very, very thoughtful and very well-observing person because of what they've said, which is absolutely right. So thank you very much. Thank you to all of you out there that listens and we've had you know the numbers keep going up and we are really grateful i know sometimes we don't mention this enough <laughs> we're genuinely shocked and really we're mystified grateful, grateful <laughs> and, and forever in your debt Indeed. um so before we get onto the live chat let's have a little bit of a chat about some as we usually do we'll open with a little bit of news so what's been going on in the world well first of all the pro 12s has now the cheetahs and the kings in it oh this is just uh i Ah, you know, that's the only noise I'm really capable of making about this. Ah, Joe well, Heron got in touch on Twitter after this, saying that um, he noticed he's done a bit of research. Joe, well done, Joe. Thanks very much. He said there are no direct flights from any Irish, Welsh, or Scottish airports to anywhere in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck Brilliant. getting. If you wanted to go that massive epic journey, good luck getting there anyway. So yeah. It's going to be a fantastic day for away fans, isn't it? Those 
four times a hey, season or whatever they're going to end imagine up Imagine being the Dragons. The WRU will have them on a budget. They'll be getting a coach <laughs> to where they have to. It'll be like they'll have to yeah, do a full Paris-Dakar rally job. Yeah, have you ever watched Long Way Down? It's basically <laughs> going to be that, but with a load of fucking Dragons fans. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the Pro 12 has learned absolutely... The reason that the Cheaters and the fucking Kings aren't in Super Rugby anymore is because Super Rugby realised that expansion without any demand for it, it was a fucking catastrophic mistake. Um, it does... And also, they've, it's not like the Italian teams have massively added to the fucking colour and quality of the Pro 12 in the last God knows how many years they've been in it. Like, don't get me wrong, Cheaters and the Kings are better than Treviso or Zebra. Mm. To be honest, I was watching the, the Cheaters against the uh, Stormers on the weekend with renewed interest um and they're pretty bloody good team to be honest but um yeah i mean it's just a shambles and logistically it's a shambles because they're playing the super rugby now there's still quite a few weeks left of the super rugby season so they're talking about the kings and the cheetahs joining them for the start of the season in september so they're going to finish their Super Rugby season in like a month. They're going to have basically a fortnight off. And then they're going to have to be straight back into fucking pre-season to play an entire Northern Hemisphere season. That's not really fair, is it? It's Player not. welfare. Coming from, after having Paul on last week, mm. I've, made a, I've made a bit of a live decision to try and present the other side of the argument like Paul did last week. I'm probably going to fail, <laughs> but I will try. So I mean, somebody, somebody should probably try and do that. We I'm should sure try. as hell it's not going to be me. We should try. Now, this will or will it not give renewed interest in the Pro 12 or Pro 14? Is that what it's going to be now? Or are the Italian teams gone now? Do we know that yet? No, the Italian teams are still in there. Right. So we have no idea what this thing is going to fucking In terms look like. of logistics, I think what history has shown in the Southern Hemisphere tournaments in particular, is that nobody really gives a shit about player logistics. Just get on the plane and shut up. That's the first thing. <laughs> true, Second, true. The second thing is that, um, really, this is not about the fans who don't go to the Liberty Stadium or so on and so forth, or to uh, Rodney oh, Parade, God, no. is it? What it's about is trying to flog into a new TV market. My That's, worry, yeah. and, and which I think, you know, will South African newspapers and South African broadcasters pick up this league now they probably will the issue is i'm going to talk myself back into being negative now but the issue is <laughs> it will just be seen as like when you've got you on sky when you think well there's nothing else on so on a friday i'll watch division two football or something oh, 100%, won't it? That. yeah it i mean if either of these teams had a choice they'd be back in suit they'd be in super rugby you know yeah. it's and and it just throw like have they thought about like European qualification, like, are we gonna invite the cheaters into the Champions Cup? If yeah, they a few people the... on Twitter have mentioned this as a question. Like, I don't know the answer, how... obviously, but and if and has of Champions Cup been consulted about this? You know, potentially sending teams to away fixtures in South Africa. That's, I mean, I'm sure they won't mind, because, you know, fucking dollar. And it's all new TV money, all new TV markets, blah, blah, fucking blah. But it it is, you know, we've been so how many times we've we spoken on this podcast about how 
the Pro 12 is desperately fucking clutching and searching for something approaching a point. They desperately, <laughs> you know, they just they want somebody, something to make them relevant to people. And the thing is, we out. like the Pro 12. It sounds like we're being negative. I like it's the rugby that's playing league. the Pro 12. It's a good league, but it's just people. Nobody else seems nobody to think. Cares. Not enough people outside of the, the countries that play it care. And the countries that do play, you know. Yeah, well, nobody. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. The only people, you know, I, I'm a fan of a Pro 12 team. Those people are already invested. They're already watching. They're already going to games. They're already buying the merchandise, yada, yada, yada. The problem is that there's not nearly enough of them. And it's basically just they've given up on attempting to be to appeal more to Welsh, Irish, Italian and Scottish fans. And they've just gone, well, let's roll the dice and see if we can get a a couple hundred thousand South African people watching it every week, and then maybe we'll get a bit more money. And it's, it just feels so desperate. The thing is, what so they couldn't do, league. what they couldn't do, was keep doing what they were doing and hoping to get a different result. No, so they had to do something. Yes, and at least I suppose is, South Africa is in the same time zone, so there is. It's that. less stupid than expanding to America. Yeah, but I Marginally. would say the up. Yeah. <laughs> in that, you know, it's but, it's it's better to have your hands slammed in a car door repeatedly than have it hacked off with a rusty machete type thing. Yeah, probably, yeah. And like you say, it's in the same time zone, so at least the games will be able to kick off at relatively sensible times. Um, I mean, it's a different season in South Africa than it is <laughs> oh, yeah. in the Northern Hemisphere, <laughs> which is going to be... Well, they, will, so they will be playing these games now in the South African winter, which... I mean, it's better than our winter. I ain't got a fucking, I ain't got a fucking clue what this climate is like in South Africa in winter. I assume it's probably not as shit as like Scotland, no. but definitely not. Yeah, it's it's so, basically taking it. It's just so silly, and I, I they have they so, thought this through. I don't it's, think it's a little bit silly. Have you thought it through? And we'll see what happens as we go into yeah. the next. I mean, season, like I you say, though, they've got to try something. This is less stupid than America. That's the best let's thing we can that. say about it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It is less stupid than America. And let's be honest, right now, America is really stupid for, yeah. for various <laughs> reasons. So, right. Oh, I've just punched my microphone. I do apologize about that. Uh, right. So, uh, moving on to the next bit of news, I suppose Lions related as, as well, before we get into the full bit of the Lions, is that Sean O'Brien is not banned. He's yes, been unsighted, basically. They just kind of said, yeah, not worried. Get I've been in it, mate. Yeah, I think. I understand why they wanted to have another look at it, but I mean, maybe I've just got my lion's tinted specs on here, but I didn't see a lot in it. I think it Isn't... could possibly have been a yellow card in the game, in which case... Possibly, yeah. You're not going to ban somebody for that anyway, are you? And no, the kind usually... of false... Andy and Brum made a point on Twitter about the, the whole false equivalency argument. Oh, he was near his head and so was Sonny Bill Williams or, no. or Billy Sun Williams, <laughs> as, he, as he's Son known Williams, as now. Says... Thank you. Thank you for those of you on Twitter. Let us know. Yeah, Billy Um, Ray Cyrus. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So he's not banned. So that's good news, and we'll come on to that when we preview the third test later on. Changing tack completely uh, in mascot-related news, which you know we love this. We've not had it for a while. Thankfully, this mascot-related news doesn't involve the former inhabitant of the suit murdering anybody. Those cast cast your mind back, those of you regular yes. listeners, back to I think it was episode fifty four, something round about there, when we we asked people about their favourite 
mascots mm. and any well, stories about mascots. And one came through about one in New Zealand who's he literally murdered his girlfriend, which is not funny. But I'm just saying no, this, that's not, not this. We're not we're not covering yeah. this at all. We like non-murdery Argentinian mascots. We do. So better. speaking of which, Fraser Manson got in touch on Twitter and he said, and this was at Blood and Muddy, he tweeted too, and he said, there were sound problems with Sky's feed, so I've got no explanation of what is going on here, but this happened at halftime in the Jaguares versus Kings game. Now, obviously, I can't show you the video because we're on, you know, a, a vocal medium here. Yeah, if you've but, noticed, this is an audio podcast. Yeah, you've noticed, yeah. yeah. But the great thing, it was the Jaguares mascot who is called, I didn't realise this, is called Jaguardo. Oh, what a name that is. Which I'm assuming means Boy Jaguar. <laughs> only, he's got, only, they've got, only they've got Haguada, who he can, like, romance. I mean, judging, judging by the actions of those cheerleaders <laughs> in that video that they, these people can't see, um, yeah. He's, he's but if you have a look man. at the video, he's coming down from the sky. At halftime. Sus- at halftime, suspended by a, obviously suspended by a string, tied to a surfboard, feet tied to a surfboard. Mm. Wearing, and wearing board shorts wearing... as well. <laughs> yeah, he strips so out of his Haguara's kit. A, ha- a half-naked, six-foot-tall, cuddly Haguar um, on a surfboard. Awkwardly on a surfboard. I say he doesn't look, it's... as with all cats on surfboards, doesn't look comfortable. Honestly, look it up. It's better. And when he lands, loads of cheerleaders come running towards him because, of course, yes, you would, of course wouldn't you? Yes, of course they would. Haguardo's like... got some, some form as well because he, he likes uh, ziplining down from the top of the stadium with an orange flare in each hand is kind of his party trick usually. Yeah, he's so got, I like I like that he's mixed it up. And, yeah, and he's got form for this. The zip, wire, the zip wire with a lit flare in each paw is fantastic. Oh, great. If you look closely, he's actually got about four flares in each paw, <laughs> which to me just makes and him all the more he, badass. When you think he's like got he started with what He started with one and then realised it wasn't enough. And now, by this point, he's got three flares in each paw. It's great. Uno está muy mal. Quiero cuatro, por favor. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was actually correct, I think, from judging from, from my Spanish. Um, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, indeed. Anybody Spanish, can you confirm that I just said one is very bad, I want four? That's what I tried to say. Anyway. Why not? Um, he did that. He also, he at one point in halftime, he rode a motorbike around the playing surface. On, actually, on the playing <laughs> that's, surface, holding, that's a massive, not holding a massive flag and riding it with one hand. He really That's, is the man. I love him. He, can we have him at all? If if we can get super rugby teams in the Pro 12, can we not just borrow Haguardo as well? So, yeah, Hagu- But it's the fact that those four flares, I mean, I know we like to, you know, we're talking about Haguardo, like he's a real stood-up Jaguar yeah. here. But actually, he, uh, he under- he's a man he absolutely in, is. Really, he's a man in a nylon costume. And I have flares <laughs> plus nylon. Flares as in the lit thing, not the trouser style. Mm. Does it seem like a, a bad idea? It he's, seems like a recipe for absolute disaster. He's, you know so basically, what? he's our new hero, is Haguardo. Um, I've not seen mm. much of him, but now I have. I'm, I'm completely in love with him. And he's definitely better than U-Tree Investigation Bird that I saw at England versus Wales under 20s. <laughs> if you remember that one. If you don't remember that one, that's episode 53, I think. I'm trying to remember. It's round about last February. So um, by all means, go and listen if you want to. So then, I that's. Really, so I've just found a brilliant picture of uh, Haguardo consoling um, Hernandez of uh, the Haguaris <laughs> after they lost to the Force last year. He's literally got an arm around his shoulder and he's patting him as he disconsolately walks off the field. That is a mascot we can all get behind. I'd especially get behind if he was saying to Haguardo, if Haguardo was saying to Hernandez, 
You've always been fucking overrated. Get off the pitch. <laughs> yes. He just tells it like it is. So therefore, that's the so that's the Haguardo mascot-related news. So any other mascot yeah. stories, we do love them. And I don't mean like kicking a ball around with the kids. That's not good. We want to see proper insanity. This wouldn't be allowed yes. in this country. I think in Argentina, they've got a, re- a very relaxed attitude to health and safety. Yes, certainly when it comes to flares, really relaxed. So, I, I level with you. If I sound distracted for the rest of the podcast... <laughs> it's because you're searching Haguardo. Yeah. Legend. Right then. The Lions. Glorious ah. redemption victory at the weekend. Yeah. What did I, we I learn? I, I've learned that it takes quite a long time for my heart rate to come down um, oh. after moments of immense stress. It was incredible, wasn't it? The tw- when, it, it was, was... when it was 21 all, I, I thought I was going to have to just go out. Or something. I, I just can't, I couldn't I handle it. Literally, genuinely, had in incredibly comic style. Just had to put my hands over my eyes when Farrell was lining up that last oh, penalty because yeah. I just I could not fucking handle it. <laughs> literally I, behind the behind a cushion horror yeah, type style. I didn't. I, li- I I opened my eyes only when I heard the timbre of. Cheering. The commentator's voice go <laughs> okay, okay, up yeah, a little yeah, yeah. bit, and yeah. then I was like, "Oh, thank fuck for that!" But yeah, um, yeah, hell of a game. It was a magnificent game. Um, I think it was really weird because up until we went ahead again and won, yes, what I learned was that everyone, including me on Twitter, was saying, "This is a fucking shambles. Look at what we've done." <laughs> and then oh. at the end of the game, they're going, "Oh, Gatlin knew exactly what he was doing. He's got it all right and correct." It's yeah. just. Which is obviously not well, the case, which we'll discuss in a minute. But uh, yeah, no. But the, the, I, the, I mean, one of the things I learned is if we play a game like that next week, they're going to get absolutely fucking dicked. They are enormously. They were fucking atrocious in that second half. Like, yeah, they... it's almost like at no point in the tour had they prepared for. Having any kind of expectation <laughs> or a position of advantage, right? We're in advantage of yeah. position now, lads. What do you do? Yeah, um, it was you could see the tension. It was like, oh, fuck, they're going to expect us to win this, and we have not prepared for this at all. <laughs> I have not been like, briefed for this. Yeah, they had 42% possession with a man advantage, for fuck's sake. Like, that shouldn't happen. They were just, they were so nervous. The halfbacks were an absolute fucking shit show. It was, yeah, they were awful. Absolutely terrible. And, and the, the worst thing about it all was the discipline. Jesus, we've, we've been talking about it all tour, but Christ, 10 penalties in your own half would be fucking suicide. I think there any was other six week. penalties in the f- first 15 minutes of the second half, wasn't there? It was just, it would, I would, I, I mean, of course I was. Everyone on the planet was just getting so fucking angry with that because they weren't they weren't penalties that the All Blacks were forcing them into conceding. It was just nerves, ill-discipline, laziness, just stupidity. They just they absolutely shat themselves. It was I was so sure we were going to lose at that point because it, Oh, I was, yeah. I think I it tweeted was... at some point. I said, you know, I could understand losing last week, but I, my my piss was on a full rolling boil <laughs> by the sort of like minute 67 or whatever it was. It was like, yeah, this no. is just so fucking brainless and stupid. I'm going to throw something at something. Yeah. 
it's it's like I'm all for playing on the edge and for all of that cliche shit. But God, we are not on the right side of the edge now at the moment. And Pratt is gonna be even more fussy next week yeah. than Garces was, so what I love God, about Garces is sort that out. he's so he's so fussy in a brilliantly detailed way. Yes. I love he's... that. You know, he literally is like, he, he picks up tiny, tiny mm. things. He's like, if he wasn't a ref, I don't know what he's, if he wasn't a ref, his real job would be like, I don't know, an analyst or something. Because he literally yeah, is like, he'd no. He'd be a CSI bloke, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, no, your knee was down <laughs> for about 0.1 of a second there. Tackle, you know, so you're off your feet. Penalty. Sort yeah. of thing he is. He is firmly in the, the school of letter of the law ahead yes. of spirit of the law, which is, he's kind of the anti-Nige in that regard. He is, yeah. And but the I thing is, he, he's he's consistent with not it. Not bad ref. You yeah, know exactly what he's he going to do. So yeah, because when he that first penalty he gave against New Zealand, where he basically right, he didn't roll away. Yeah, and then he he just and I was like, oh, that was quite quick. But yes, he's penalised New Zealand, and then he did that to the Lions every time they did it as well, because he's just yeah. yeah. And yeah. if you haven't figured he out quickly, he, he wants you to move away quite. I do think sometimes you did think. I don't actually think you're giving them a human chance to get away here. You no. penalise before you before even had a chance to for the human brain to go. Oh, I shouldn't be here. I better move. Yeah, you know, and I don't mean in a well, penalty the... way. He was like, like literally, like, oh yeah. shit, right, and he start moving. Oh right, penalise already. Yeah. The reason the Garces can be quite a frustrating ref to watch, I think, is because yeah. Whereas a lot of the refs that a lot we all like, i.e., Nige, you know, <laughs> yes. has a lot of empathy for the game and for the player. He basically says, "This is how the game will be played," and. If you don't like it, I will whistle you every fucking time until you don't do it. And it, yeah. it's and you, you have. I to will bend you his... to my will. Whistle by <laughs> yeah, whistle. Basically, he says, "This is how I want the game to be played. You will play it this way, or I will whistle you off the park." And it can be very frustrating for a fan to watch. But you know exactly. And what... as a player to play it, fucking hell, it must be equally well, frustrating just when get... there's nothing you can do about just it. Get in, yeah. Just get in fucking line early. Yeah. You know what yeah. he's going to do, so, don't you? So yeah. And it is his way or the highway in that regards. And yeah, it's it's not always doesn't always produce the best spectacle. But yeah, he's at least consistent with it. What I learned is that you don't after the breakdown nightmares of the week before, or the close to rook nightmares of the week before. People get obsessed with turnovers. One, they oh, see they it as do. a vitally important measure, and it is an important measure. However, really. Winning turnovers, if you look at the number of turnovers won per game over the past five years, it's quite a rare occurrence. So yeah, to, teams to have, are far to have, too good at To have a high expectation of it and base somebody's selection on it doesn't actually make a lot of sense. But what, So what I learned is that from the game at the weekend is you don't have to win penalties or turnovers to completely ruin the opposition's breakdown, as 100%. Sam Warburton de- demonstrated. That yeah. little passage of play, I think it was in like the 74th minute, where he he went in and put his hands on the ball and Gar and Garces said no six and he lifted his arms up. He yeah. did that about three times on the trot. Mm. No six. Arms came up again. It's like and didn't get penalised. Didn't win a turnover, but basically delayed the entire thing. Yeah. For probably half a second, a second at most, yeah. and, that's and that's all, all it you takes. need to get your get your team back on side and to. And a second doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're trying to time your run mm. off your scrum half or off your, off your outside half and you're expected to come, you're hesitant as to when to start your run as an attacking player, and that is Absolutely. all it needs. 
And that's why when you see teams that are struggling at the breakdown, you know, people get very frustrated. It was exactly the same with the Lions in the first test. People get infuriated, and rightly so, with players taking the ball standing still. Yeah. But when you're tight, when, yeah, a lot of these particularly things that the All Blacks do with people running at angles, with people sort of, with dummy runners and all this sort of stuff, they've got to get the timing. Like you say, the timing's got to be spot on because they've got to hit the line as the scrum half delivers the ball. And if they're too late or they're too early, they're going to fuck it up. And yeah. so, and yeah, this is you, the I people think... who say that he that Warburton doesn't, you know, he didn't win any turnovers into this. Well, actually, you've completely fucking missed the point of what yeah. makes him so valuable. And I can honestly say, can you imagine playing against him? It must be a oh, fucking nightmare. You must want to, you must just want to punch him because yeah. he does he does enough before the ref tells him to stop. So you yeah, can't even have his, a go at it. It's just it's just so good. So aside good. from the fact that he is an incredible physical specimen, yes, and can you know, as demonstrated on the weekend, can play eighty minutes of a test match at full intensity and still be as effective in minute seventy-five as he was in minute one. Aside from all that, aside from the fact that he's brilliant at communicating with the refs, he's a really good leader in a very quiet, very measured thoroughly way. Thoroughly decent man. And he's a pheno- thoroughly decent man and phenomenal ambassador for the game. Did you see him after so his interview after the game? Smart. It was amazing. Because Graham oh, Simmons brilliant. was giving it, it. giving it the full high, you know, hyperbole wank. And yeah. basically it was like, you know, <laughs> immortality beckons. And I was just like, well, yeah. no, we haven't won a test series yet. Can yeah. I go now? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I, I lo- what, uh, I, I was going to say it for my good, but one of my favourite things about that whole thing was Conor Murray boots the ball out of full time. And Sam Warburton doesn't even, there's no hand in the air. There's no shout of, he's hands on hips, glances to his side, and then just walks over to pat on the back of the New Zealand player opposite him to shake his hands. No emotion <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> he's beaten the All Blacks for the first time in his career. Pro, let's be honest, probably the fucking only time in his career. Um, and he just... He's one hundred percent not satisfied. I'm sure he's very pleased inside, yeah. but he knows. And when he reflects on it in a few months' time, he'll probably go, "That was a yeah. fucking brilliant win." That was pretty fucking good, wasn't it? Yeah. But he's oh, the man. His intelligence is the thing that sets him apart from so many other open side flankers out there. Because, like you say, he knows when to go. Like the thing that drove me at the fucking wall last week as I went into yeah was Sean O'Brien just not doing that going for the ball and then not fucking letting go or I just s- allowing himself to get cleared out. I wrote in a preview last week, I said that Warburton when selected improves two positions because he's yeah. better at the breakdown as a sixth than Omani was and he improves O'Brien because O'Brien can focus on doing what he's truly good at which is wrecking <laughs> yeah. ball, clearing out, all that kind of stuff rather than yeah. thinking, oh I've got to get my hands on this because Warburton yeah. just deal with that most of the time. Mm. And that was, you know, the balance of that back row on the weekend, I thought, was sumptuous, frankly. Ooh, sumptuous, lovely it, word. It was, you know, it had everything that you want a back row to have. You know, it had Warburton doing all of the unseen, horrible, dirty, grisly, coalface work at the breakdown. It had Falatau being Falatau with oh. his ridiculous everythingness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, 
Oh, Falatau having... with your everythingness. Yeah, but also not having to sort of focus so much on doing the shit work so that he was able to do things like fucking hang around on the wing to score a cracking try. Um, and then, of course... However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field, you know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings advice. So you can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports. At lifestylesports.com. The world of work has changed dramatically and organizations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfett School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA Experience Day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfettschoolie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfett Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Shad O'Brien, like you say, doing what he does best, which is fucking tackles, hitting rucks and carrying like a bastard. Speaking of people with no emotion, what was Falatau like? <laughs> when he, when he scored that, well, all the way through it, but when he scored that try, which must have been, for, every, for me, was a complete ple- pressure valve release. Oh, and he just, and he just I absolutely lost my shit. I did. And then Neil, Neil Fusco on Twitter sent us a montage of pictures entitled The Many Faces of Joy of Taolupe Falatau. And it's just, it's just <laughs> him, from the moment of scoring and walking back to his mark, his face not changing at no. all. And even at the end when everybody cheered that they'd won, he kind of put his arms around people. But again, his his fizzog just did not change at all. It's it's really weird. If you follow him on like Instagram or any social media, like he's he's got a young kid and the, I mean the kid is fucking adorable. There's no getting away from it. But like whenever <laughs> there's a photo of him, he looks so happy. And like his face is like this total different picture. Other than as soon as he steps onto a rugby field, it's like a switch goes and he's just Completely detached, completely serene. Just a he's just got the most machine. brilliant game face, hasn't he? And I don't yeah. need to get worked up. I'm just here to do my thing, which, by the way, yeah. <laughs> is fucking amazing. So, yeah, because he's not even yeah, arrogant it was... with it either. Is he? he's not like quiet and no. aloof and arrogant? It's just, Simple it's just not, I'm just here, just to do what I do. It's like a sort of you know karate kid where he goes into the like sort of zen state and does his weird little crane kick thing. <laughs> It's like Falatau's basically there all the time. He's just totally serene and totally he's off, you know, running through a field in his head or something. I don't know. Tell you what I learned at the weekend. That uh, Scott Quinnell and Will Greenwood have not so much jumped the shark as kind of vaulted over a frenzy of sharks with a quadruple <laughs> full Rudolph somersault with Pike. I know, we, we know by now that Sky have not got a lot of rugby coming over the next four years. <laughs> all right. They've they've already said that, that you know with their new channel restructure that they're going to put rugby on the same channel as like tennis and fucking speedway <laughs> and darts. So the o- ESPN lost... eight, the Ocho, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and they've lost all of their European rights by the sounds of it. So basically, Quinnell and and Greenwood are going to be in serious need of something to do for the next four years until the next Lions tour comes around. So. I could only assume that they're like mugging for roles in in some sort of you know whatever dreadful fucking 
Chris Ryan strike back bollocks Sky One's producing <laughs> this week. Or someone maybe maybe Greenwood also wants a role in Stella like Scott Quinnell had. I don't know. But in case you missed it, here is um Will Greenwood before the game. Oh Jesus Christ. What would you do if you were asked to give up your dreams for freedom? What would you do if asked to make the ultimate sacrifice? Would you think about all them people who gave up everything they had? Would you think about all them wounds and would you start to feel bad? All together now. could keep going i love that song as well it's a very musical episode this week <laughs> isn't it, it? Isn't i feel it? like There's... i should have brought my own <laughs> is your guitar there get, get your ukulele out I mean, or something. It, I mean it is but no <laughs> <laughs> but no it did um, yes. make me oh, think of freedom absurd. isn't free from team america it when, he, when it he started absurd, it wasn't it and he's got these weird mad eyes that he's just developed. I don't really know where they've come from. It's but a... it's like, he looks like somebody who's fucking taken about seven E's and is in the dance tent at Glastonbury at three o'clock in the morning. I don't, <laughs> I don't and, know where that comes from. And that's from. a terrible mix with his new gnashes that he's got. It's like beautiful yes. white yes. veneers that are kind of shining out. And it's just... Is that what it is? I've been wondering why he looked like a weird sort of Thunderbirds puppet. <laughs> yeah, it's the veneers, man. Oh, he's got teeth. Well, I don't know, sense. but they, 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 it definitely didn't look like that when he was at Quinn's. So. No. Right. I've been thinking he looks, like, odd And why do, why do they make Scott Quinnell do that, you know, scary mad bloke on public transport shouting at you role? I don't know. It's like... He is basically. You, you would start to edge away from him, wouldn't you, if you were stood next yeah, to him? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, as, as I said before, Scott Scott Quinnell is basically regarded as Welsh comic relief, as far as Sky Sports are concerned. Which is because he you seems know. like a he's a legend and a great bloke, and he was a great player. But I mean, I suppose, yeah. and and he's responsible for this because he could just say, "I'm not fucking doing that." <laughs> Which I imagine is what Ian Evans says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, he does. Nay yeah. fucking way, mate. <laughs> no fucking chance. But how many t- and he always they get him surrounded by fans, though. I just feel I don't feel sorry for him because he's played very well. He's on a Lions tour. I just I'm sure if he if he if it was really up to him, he wouldn't fancy doing it. He wouldn't no, he'd much rather just give his an, analysis. There is a piss there is a pissing on a legend element yeah. to it. You know it's like and it's all you know, what you gotta do, you gotta look at the man next to you and say you gotta do it and I'm gonna do it and then in Ten years time will remember that I looked at you and you looked at me, and it'll be. It's just, it's just like, but that goes on for about seven minutes. I know. And when you watch him do the like the school of hard knocks stuff, like Quinnell is very good at those very bombastic pep talks. Like especially, but when it's focused on something, it's just when it's like a non sequitur, it's very weird. Yeah, well, it's sort of like it's Eddie Butler on speed when he does it, then, and that sort of thing, isn't it? It's like there is yeah. a there is a great clip on Hard Knocks on one day when he starts shouting, doesn't he? Because he's fed up with the effort they're not putting, in. and he says, "You know, I, I'm a nice guy off the field, but let me tell you something." <laughs> and he goes off and he goes, "Give me the fucking ball!" And he throws the ball, ball. At him and he runs. 
And he runs that into is my favourite bit of that program ever. Where <laughs> he, he runs just into runs the, into yeah. that poor fucker with ball. a tackle bag and launches him out. <laughs> and skittles in. <laughs> Isn't it Andy Gummersall? I can't remember. It's some it poor bugger that he just gets completely twatted out of the way. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it. They've. I don't know what they've. You know, basically, remember that promo they did for the 2013 tour, where like they had Warren Gatlin as like on a ship. Oh god, yeah, with admiral. the admiral hat thing on it. Yeah, I mean, because that wasn't that questionable when... at all. You know, in I mean, <laughs> there was some. There were some socio-political things yeah. going he on. He then there got that off the boat considered. and like killed a load of indigenous people and nicked their land. Yeah. Yes, and half the people in the hold were prisoners. But don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it. That was obviously when the shark was first jumped, but now it appears like they're getting ever larger ramps to jump ever more shots. It's become sort of evil Knievel style. <laughs> it is basically, Will Greenwood is on a tiny motorcycle. <laughs> with Trying to jump the Grand Canyon. Yes, and I don't really know where this ends. Because yeah, like, like I said before, they've got fuck Sky Sports Rugby. I've got fuck all to do for the next four years, except for Championship Rugby and occasional England tests. I can't wait to see Will they've Greenwood got... give it the full Rudyard Kipling. When it's fucking Ealing Trailfinders versus Mosley. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, what are they going to do on Saturday? I mean, we've got another, yeah, we thing. Forget, they've was... got another week of this. How are they going to top the level because... of absurd hyperbole? Yeah. That was just I a draw it level. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, can, I only hope that they haven't shot their bolt a bit early. Did they sort of have it all <laughs> planned out? There's an image you didn't want. There's they never, well, no. But they never expected to be having a third test decider montage to do. No, so, <laughs> yeah, they thought I it was going to be all conciliatory and putting a market yeah, down and all that for the this next This one's going to be they? like the Salvage in Pride montage, and now they yeah. don't really know where to go. The brilliant McGee come on here, you've got a chance to put a marker down that somebody else can pick up. Now it won't be that, it'll be, you know... You, no, no. You've now got a chance to get, you know, to go to the gates of Valhalla immediately after the final whistle's blown and... <laughs> Live you know what? It's going to be Scott Quinnell's going to turn up dressed as Thor <laughs> <laughs> with blonde wig. And they're going to like smash hammers together and stuff. It's going to yes. be oh yeah. There's going to be an anvil. They'll be like they'll be in a, a furnace oh, somewhere. Speaking of dressing up, he turned up on Twitter the day dressed as a fucking dwarf from from <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Did, did he? Honestly, oh, Scott, really, Scott, you know, stop it. Please just find we respect your, you too much for check this. your other trousers for your dignity, and please stop <laughs> doing all of this. If it's in your contract, get any contract, mate. I'm oh. sure BT will like a bombastic Welshman to do some analysis from a truck for them next year. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, sorry, completely off on one there about. Yes, how that's not like us were. to go no, massively off topic, is it? What else? Anyway, there was a game on Saturday. Yeah, there was a game on Saturday. Um, what, what else did we learn from it? Um, I don't buy this whole Sonny Bill Williams tackle excuse thing that he used to play rugby league. No. Because A, hasn't the whole shoulder charge thing been banned in rugby league it's for a, quite some time? It's a, it's a penalty now. Yes. Yes. Um, And also, I don't think Kerbalo has ever played league and that didn't stop him doing exactly the same thing to Lee Halfpenny's people face in the Murray game. People talk about this league tackling technique which makes you more likely to run full pelt with no arms into somebody's head. Mm. And without putting too fine a point on it and getting too technical, that's bollocks. 
What yeah. rugby league tackles tend to be, they tend to be a bit more upright and they do tend to throw the shoulder in a bit because they do, you know, because yeah. that's what they bought. There's a difference between that and hitting somebody chest on while your arms are coming round and running British bulldog style with your kind of arm <laughs> tucked to the side of you. Straight yeah. in. Well, it, it was basically like running with the ball without the ball, wasn't it? You know, it was exactly like that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's probably and a good I way just... to put it. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't buy the rugby league don't... thing at all. No, yeah, one thing what... I, I don't also don't buy all of this this what about false equivalency thing of mm. oh Mako's tackle was exactly the same or O'Brien's tackle was exactly the same. It fucking wasn't. No, Mako's me... tackle was stupid. Yeah, and, and he could have pulled out of it, but he didn't smack someone, smash someone around the head. He basically yeah. knocked him over, which is yeah. It was a it was a stupid late hit and a bit of a shit house move, and it thoroughly deserved the yellow. Um, but yeah, the Sunny Bill one was just insanity, and yeah, I just. But the thing is, you can I say, should... well, actually, he was just trying to come in and maybe drive the tackle back by hitting his own player in the back. But it was still. Compl- I still think his own player would have appreciated some oh, arms involved. No, indeed, and it's <laughs> that's still completely reckless because you can't control it. And two, that yeah. didn't happen. He went full pelt into his head. So. Yeah, I've and... also seen some people think claim that like he thought that they were setting up a mall, so he was. Driving into the mall, I, I've seen. Well, he wasn't binding. Very, I, well, he wasn't binding then either, which he's supposed to do. No, so I've seen some incredibly elaborate uh, gymnastics <laughs> of bollocks that people have tried to get themselves into excuses. The fact of the matter is, rush of blood to the head. He did a silly thing. He was rightly called yeah. on it, and he was I've rightly seen, sent off. I mean, a lot of the New Zealand stuff I've seen is saying that he was rightly sent off. The more question, yeah. why wasn't somebody else? You know, why wasn't O'Brien mm. then sent off, and why has he been let off again? And I don't buy that bollocks at all. I'm sorry, they're different things. They are completely different things. Right. Uh, what else did we learn over the weekend? Uh, Lau Mappy, when he came on. Beast. Very Him and Lynette Brown as a centre pairing for the future looks all right, doesn't it? With Fekatoa maybe in reserve. That looks correct. all right. However, yeah. I will say Lau Mappy was, he was probably, he was probably at fault for both Lions tries, as I said. In yes, terms of where, where he lined up, defensively. Yeah. but yeah. with the ball but in his hand, yeah, the ball in his hand, oh, frightening. DME, um, yeah, and <laughs> you have a feeling that a couple of weeks in the All Black camp, and they'll sort his defence right out. Given that, yeah, I know, like a lot of people have said, oh, we needed a last-minute penalty to beat fourteen men. A playing against fourteen men has been proved numerous yeah, times this season. Yeah. It's fucking hard now. Because just like football, teams have got very good at defending against and, and it. The, and the defensive shapes people use now don't necessarily need you to mark man for man because you rush up so no. quickly. People don't get it. Was, it was it very enough. telling that they they basically sacrificed a ruck defender mm. in Kaino to have Lamape out there to, to fill the gap out wide because that's how you exploit 14 men is mm. that you you exploit the space out wide. And... and there is no team be- more organised, disciplined, and all of the other shit in the world than the All Blacks, and they demonstrated it with the way that they went about the that fact whole. Is, we outscored them two tries to zero, and both 100%. of the both of the tries were bloody good. Yeah, they weren't jammy. You know, it wasn't one of the big worries that we've had consistently through this is where does the phased play come from? Yeah, and you can slag Gatland off all you want. But the fact of the matter is that he looked at that game last week and thought, with Tio there, whatever his strengths are, we're not going to get much proper phase play coming through. 
Yeah. And when we actually got the territory and got in the right places, we did get proper phased play. We went to the yeah. 22 twice and scored twice off actual proper backs, move, not moves, but backs actually <laughs> linking up with each other. That yeah. Sexton run around, Farrell passed the ball miles more than Tia would ever yeah. have done. Yeah. You know, and so and not only like it or not, he went to he changed the back line structure to get a different game and he got it. Yeah. And it wasn't the that selection's fault that we kept shitting ourselves and making poor decisions at half back and uh giving penalties away. Yeah. And if to be honest with you, if either Conor Murray you know, all the plaudits that Conor Murray rightly deserves for taking his try very well. He was a shit show. Yeah, when the, after the red was, card, particularly. Yeah, he just, yeah, Sexton was a bit of a shit show. The pair of them absolutely shat themselves, and there was no control at all from halfback. When everything should have been saying, boot the fucking ball upfield, make them play from 80 metres, get the ball back. They were just, I don't know, they just completely let the... It was a proper rush of blood to the head 20 minutes for them. And the thing is, it didn't stop after... I thought they'd calm down at half-time. But it, it took um, Mako getting sent off to slap some sort of clarity into both of their heads. And then all of a sudden, they started playing relatively well again. It was very odd. It was, it was really weird, because... And that's the thing, you can blame the coach as much as you want, but when you've got 14 men and you've got leaders on the field like that, there's nothing that Warren Gatlin can do about that. I mean, in, in yeah. half-time, there's no doubt he pulled them in and said, you need to do this, you need to do that. And then they obviously weren't yeah. anything about that either. It's really strange, yeah. really. And, and actually, was... for all the positives of Warburton, what was he doing throughout yeah. that time? Yeah, and in many ways, that kind of, it doesn't, that's the kind of situation where Warburton's leadership style is... It needs somebody to be who's a more of a vocal leader on the field, yeah. because Warburton is a a very measured, very calm. You know, he's like Falato; nothing ever phases yeah. him. And I think he struggles a little bit to relate when everyone else is shitting themselves a yeah. little bit. Yeah, and can he communicate tactics very well? Or does he expect people to do the? Just, you know, does he pull them in and say, "Right, this is what we're doing"? Yeah, now because and even if he does, if it's all going tits up and they just need to kick up the arse. <laughs> is he the man you know it's that sort of situation where you'd quite liked Alan Jones to still be on the fields he's finished though that fellow passed it yeah shit mate should be Absolutely well dropped rubbish. he's 3900 yeah. years old yeah and he's no good terrible awful player um <laughs> but yeah it's 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 that it's that situation where you kind of you look at that line team you think to be honest that it is quite young and mm. a lot of the leaders on the field that you may have expected to sort of put their hands up, i.e. Sexton, for example, and Farrell, were sort of in the midst of having stinkers. And weirdly, and when, it, kind... when it did come down to it, it was, it was Jamie George, in a way, who kind of led the yeah. way. He kind of came yeah. of age in that game, didn't he? Which was... Massively so. Remarkable. And I think, yeah, it's it's very... Yeah, I think some key players didn't put their hands up to be leaders in that moment. And I, I, a lot of people have criticised Gatlin for not using the bench, but like... I, uh, were you like me, lot... saying, Webb needs to be on, he needs to be on now. What the now. fuck are you and doing? Then... Get him on now. Yeah. And then two minutes later, oh, well done, Connor. 
Good try. <laughs> I was exactly well. Yeah, and I was, I was crying out for the bench to be used. But when you think about it, I mean, yeah, maybe Webb could have done with coming on and would have brought something a bit more direct and a bit better. However, the main problem was at fly off, and both of them are on the fucking field. I do think so, there's something about when somebody's on the bench, they can see what's going on a bit better. So if Webb yeah, had to come on, he could have said to Sexton, this is what we're fucking doing. You know, I'm going to yeah. start doing this. You need, I'm going to throw to, you need to start kicking into there, communicate this yeah. is what we're going to be doing because yeah. they're weak there. They're, but, you know. Yeah. I don't, and Here's a question you can that I don't. It. Here's a question that hmm. I don't know. And this is completely unrelated because I can't remember exactly. When did rugby coaches, did rugby coaches ever sit in dugouts on the bench with the rest of them? Or have they always been up in the stands? I do. I'll level with you. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody out there I can't know? I remember when they didn't. I can't remember when they weren't either in a box or sat up in the stand somewhere. Yeah. And I don't really know why that's the case. No, it's because it you can, really you can sense, see the game a bit. You can see the game a bit better out there in terms of shape. But that's true of football yeah. as well. So I don't really know. Anybody out there can help us out. Get in touch at Blood and Mud. Yeah. You know, I think maybe, have maybe they ever sat in dugouts? So. They've just. Uh, it is a funny one, isn't it? Because. Uh, I wonder if it's because for the longest time, coaches have not really... The manager in football has always been sort of, you know, star of the show kind mm. of guy, you know, all the way back to Shankly. So I wonder if that sort of mentality of the manager being sort of the centre of attention and the one that get, it keeps them on the touchline where they can still be Perhaps. seen all the time. I mean, and there's then, the question about, do you actually make any difference when you sit on the dugout, you know, screaming? Well... At yeah. the top of your lungs, I don't know. Yeah, anyway, maybe it's know. kind of an old school, that now, like, but yeah, just maybe like an old public school thing. Like the 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 coaches should be up in the stands, dispassionately displaced, dispensing their orders in a sort of <laughs> yes. World War One fucking yes. field marshal. Send a second kind of battalion way. in from the left. Hip hip. <laughs> exactly that. I wonder if that's it. Sir, they've all know. been they've all it's been mown down. Never mind. Bring up the next <laughs> unit of men. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so no, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, we I need to move wonder. this on because we're out of time. But in terms of yes. what I what I <laughs> learned was stuff from you this weekend that mm. you're not cut out for test captaincy. No, really not. Which is one of my favourite tweets of the entire of... weekend. <laughs> I was I was full of blood and thunder. Yeah. Just shout, go rip. for the fucking corner and hammer them. <laughs> <laughs> so on reflection, maybe yes. I'm not cut out for test captaincy. Another thing I learned from you as well, and it's absolutely right, is that <laughs> you've realised that Kieran Reid is Rory Bremner doing his Tony Blair impression. It's remarkable, isn't it? It's it incre- is and as soon as you exactly said that, I went, that. oh my God. Once yeah, you've so realised that, let's, you will never um, look at think about this now, guy. Oh, well, it wasn't kind um, of slightly intense size. Look, you know, it was not a bad uh, yeah. performance, really. But <laughs> he's got the same teeth and he's got the same sort of slightly yeah. too intense eyes while he's smiling. <laughs> it's so true. Because yeah. as, much, as, as nice a man as, as Kieran Reid comes And he across, does though, seem to be, yeah. And love... he's thoroughly nice. We all know that on the field of play, he is a psychopath like any yeah. other rugby player. And, and off the field of play, doesn't... he's now, you know, people are calling him, calling him a war criminal. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Yeah. So there you go. Anything else you learned last thing before we move um, on? Yes, I learned that um, TMOs need to learn to butt the fuck out. <laughs> check, check. Check, check. Jerome. Well, not just that. Like, <laughs> Jerome, check, Ayoub, check. Who is famously, you remember the TMO in the hat? Yes. I can't believe they haven't got a camera Same in there. guy. Got it. Same guy. Um, but he was TMO on Saturday, and he was a TMO for the Hurricanes game on Tuesday as well. And in both games, 
he was basically like audibly like challenging the ref's decision when he he sort of. Because yeah. then he says, you know, at one point, like, you, you, don't, sure you don't want to yeah, check. Do that you again? want to check that again? You want to check that again? <laughs> check, like, check. No, shut the fuck. Yes, I fucking looked at it. Stop trying to second guess me, you dick. Yeah, it was a fair play to Goss as he had the balls to make big calls and back himself. He did. And the last thing he needs is a TMO in a silly hat second guessing him after he's seen the replay. <laughs> the last thing he needs is a drummer from Chaz and Dave in his fucking logo. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's what we learned from that game. I'm sure you learned other things as well, but that's our little gallop you through it. You probably learned nothing by listening to that, but that was uh, well, hopefully, yeah. you know, it killed a bit of time on your journey. Um, <laughs> now then, player spotted. We love a player spotted. We've had a, we have we have them coming in. Uh, for those of you, you, I think most of you know what it is now. But we ask you to let us know when you've spotted a player doing something particularly mundane or dull, uh, or anything really. But the, the more mundane is the better. We want a lot of detail. You know, what are they eating? Yes. What are they wearing? And all well, they take the bins out. Well, yeah. So Owen Curtis got in touch, or Owen Curtis, uh, Welsh obviously, mm-hmm. via the Facebook page, and he said, and you'll like this one, Josh. Oh, yeah. After a particularly lovely afternoon celebrating my nana's 90th birthday after the first Lions test of the weekend, we were driving through the back streets of Brecon. So where's this going? I already know where this is going, but continue. When I spotted a large chap shoveling food in his mouth from one of four dodgy takeaway pizza boxes piled on top of a couple of wheelie bins. As we rolled past, we made eye contact and a look of surprise on my face at seeing former Lion and general rugby joker Andy Powell having, oh, a sne- Andy Powell having a sneaky slice of pepperoni in a back alley was only matched by the guilt on his face. Hey, he's retired. He can do what the fuck he wants. He can do what he wants anyway. He's a leg end. Yes. He sort of weirdly acted like he was my friend on Twitter the other day and I got so excited that uh, I thought <laughs> yeah, we'd become... Actually, he responded to you, didn't he, on Twitter the other day? He, yeah. he responded to me as if we'd known each other for years and asked me how I was doing and things. Did he? Which is weird, <laughs> yes. That's brilliant. Like we, like we were mates. And I was like, yeah, all right. That's a bit weird. This is um, the best thing that's ever happened to me, but I don't know yeah, how to deal with it. Inside, inside going, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Please let me be friends with Andy Powell. Um... <laughs> And if he's listening, Andy, if you ever want to come on the podcast, oh, please do, for the Andy. love of God, come on the podcast. We'll, we'll give you some pepperoni pizza. It'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he Definitely. finishes off, Owen, was saying that the whole episode was made weirder by the fact that earlier that day, driving along the M4, I had actually seen a golf car on the back of a trailer and the enigmatic <laughs> back rower came to mind. I don't think he's enigmatic, Owen, I'll be honest. Nothing he's enigmatic he's about probably Andy But I know what you mean. I know what he you're saying. What you see is what you get. What you see is Quite what you literally. get with Andy. And what you normally get is that no pass coming from him at all. No, just sort of a weird sidestep and so, then running into. So my yeah, daddy. so Andy Powell eating a pizza down a back alley. I like you that one. On top of a wheelie bin, I like that. On top of the wheelie bin. I'm, I'm, I hope you're not insinuating he's taking it out of the bin. He probably hasn't. He's probably just pissed and stopped, hasn't he? Vainly, yeah. Right. So he's coaching at Brecon now, so perfectly, perfectly reasonable. Good man. He's from Brecon, isn't he? He is indeed. Yeah. Brecon in Powys. Powys is massive. It's ridiculous. It is. Comically large, but there's nobody there, so it's fine. Comically large. When I worked in Wales, I worked in North Wales for a while, <clears> at the <throat> council there, and all meetings had to take place in Clandrindod Wells in Powys because it was mm-hmm. equally inconvenient for everyone. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, everyone had to drive. Even even people who worked for Powys had to drive fucking miles because they had to come from Brecon, which is fucking miles away from Clandrindod Wells. Anyway, enough Welsh Your geography local chat. in action. Yes, indeed. It is. The, the, I'm not joking. 
those kind of like meeting rooms for hire were springing up. A little mini economy sprung up in Clendrindod Wells. <laughs> so there you go, Welsh taxpayers. That's where your money goes. Yeah. Um, right then, third test preview. Let's talk about what's Boom. happening this Saturday. Apart from the fact there'll be a full-on massive emotional meltdown from everyone involved with Sky Sports. Uh, yes. Well, we're going to lose, aren't we? Are you? Are we? Uh, am I just yes. being a little bit? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't want to believe it anymore. Now, hang on. Before we get into that, mm. do you keep it the same? Do you make any changes team-wise? No. Nah. Uh, well, well, what a... I would have, I would have a very stern word with Mako Vunipola this week, and I would inquire vis-a-vis. In the words of Reservoir Dogs, are you going to be cool? <laughs> um, Who's that Pulp Fiction? Um, uh, yeah, is... because obviously he was, it was Reservoir Dogs. He was um, Reservoir Dogs. He's a yeah. fucking, he was a 10 minute liability there. He hasn't given away a penalty all tour. But having said, you know, and... the first half an hour, he was great. Yeah, and you then know, he... four penalties in 20 minutes or whatever. Um, so, yeah, aside from that, I would leave as is, to be honest. Yeah, well, there's no, there's nobody exactly smashing the door down to get in, and nobody played, and the bench wasn't really even used, so you can't. Oh, say the, bench, they... the backs on the bench weren't used no. at all, so I would be strongly, te- I would be tempted to muck around with the bench a little bit. But I mean, no I... did all right when he came on, kicked a decent ball away, generally yeah. covered it, you know, didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, Apart from that, te- obviously. Yeah, I would be tempted to maybe. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna bring backs on anyway, I'd be t- and if you're gonna, I'd be tempted to six to it, do a six to it, and give yourself more options off the bench and maybe bring Tipperick in mm-hmm. because he will offer something a bit different he and can, let's be honest, play twelve if you need him to. Um, <laughs> play anywhere. I'm gonna keep anywhere. playing it. Um, maybe, I mean, Farrell's goal kicking was br- better. On the weekend, but I mean, there is a if you've got a 78th minute penalty to win it situation, there may be a place for Lee Halfpenny on the bench somewhere. Um, so defensive yeah, bench I, is what you're saying? Yeah, well, I think we're not going to blitz this game in the last 10 minutes and score three tries, are we? We need to be ahead or there or thereabouts. And it's, you know, nobody's expecting a third test against Australia situation here, I don't think, are we? So If we sort out the discipline and play mm. through the hands like we did the times when we actually played through the hands last week. <clears throat> but let's yes. look at it this way. The line-out's still going well. Yes. The scrum held up well last week. Yep. The kicking from the tee was good. Kicking out of hand yep. was all right, but not mm. terrible. Bit too much of it, maybe, but it wasn't completely maybe. terrible. Not as bad yeah. as Bowden. Not as bad as Bowden Barrett's in the last minute. That was that no. Was... And the one thing that we haven't spoken about was the conditions, which were fucking dreadful. Oh, it was absolutely um, honking it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, the only thing that's really going wrong is our own capacity to shit ourselves and do stupid mm. penalties. So, actually, if we could actually just cut, because they weren't forced issues; they were just us being dicks. So, if yeah, we can actually was... just cut that bit out. Yeah. I. I'd like to think that we could maybe get those three tries it might take to to maybe get there. It's uh, I'm at the point that I I think the one thing that we ha- nobody's really talking about is 
how much pressure New Zealand feel under now. Yeah, remember how badly they played in a World Cup at home in the final? Yeah. Now, yes, they won eventually, but that was They against... did win eventually, and I think I still think they probably will win eventually, but the expectation, you know, Graham Henry basically said, this is like a World Cup final now. Yeah, because the it, best... it turns on to them, doesn't it, to say, well, actually, because they really shouldn't lose this. They shouldn't no. lose any game against the no, Lions. The, the expectation, you know, this was... If, you know, we had... Uh, what's his face on before the the tour and he he basically said that he didn't think that we were going to win a game and you know this was supposed to be a procession for everyone and the Lions have proved themselves to be relatively stubborn in certain areas and okay the first test didn't go well but 3-0 was still basically what everyone on planet earth that had any clue what they were saying was saying because 3-0 is what it should be when a team of you know relative strangers plays the best team in the world if not ever hmm. you know and yeah I, I i you do have to wonder how they're going to deal with that because they the didn't expectation. look like scoring at all on saturday now all right you can say 14 men but lao mape was still they smashing didn't look the fucking they did not look like scoring before no there was that, that one ball kick 25... through, wasn't it? If he got the angle of that kick yeah. through, that, that grubber kick through that, that Reed yeah. went after, that probably would have been a try. But beyond yeah. that, they, no. were, they were really struggling. Well, in the, in Even the with 25... all those penalties and all that territory, they seemed to yeah. be struggling. 15 against 15, they did not look like scoring. And a large part of that was because they weren't getting quick ball at the break time. Here's something as well, which is weird. Last week, when they, were, they had all that possession and stuff, Mm. We did twice as many tackles as them, yeah. near enough, 183 to 100, you know, yeah. comparable. This week was largely the same. We did 122 tackles and they did 67. Why do we keep end up doing twice as many tackles as them? Because we keep kicking the fucking ball away. That, yeah, it comes back to that point about the kicking game, doesn't it? Yeah. And obviously it's... they keep having possession from penalties. Yeah. And, it, was, and, it was a yeah, 61%, we... 38%, 38% possession game as well on Saturday. Mm. And I said, I said the week before, there's no way you can win a game against them if they with that those kind of possession stats. Yeah, but actually, and I mean, obviously, you you do have to bring the yellow card, the red card into it, because if, if that was 15 against 15, we probably would not have won with 38 percent possession. But yeah, it's I think that the armor has been chinked a little bit, in the same way that the the Ireland showed that they can be got at. You know, let's not forget that we scored our first try when it was fourteen against fourteen. Yeah, and, and it was a and it was a wonderfully crafted effort. This is the thing. This I keep coming back mm. to. We've not really seen that from the Saturday yeah. team. Much. And they didn't look like scoring a try when it was fourteen against fourteen. Really, they had a couple of moments, but the defense was relatively solid. And it just shows you get Bowden Barrett, particularly. I think from the moment he missed that first kick at goal. He sort of looked like he was going to have a shit day. And he kind of did. And I wonder if that's kind of a bit of a... Not an Achilles heel, because he's still probably the best player in the world. But if his goal kicking is going badly, you mm. get the feeling that it's starting to play on his mind a little bit. I also I don't, th I don't think you see... I don't watch him all the time, but I get the impression when I have seen him that he's not used to running a game that's not going that well. Yes. He's well, all he's ever known where, yeah. is it going well. You know, he's been playing for a Hurricanes team that's won Super Rugby. He's 
had nothing but success with a couple of notable exceptions for the All Blacks. They are always used to being on the front foot and they're always used to being comfortably ahead and to be able to everything to go their way and for the, the you know the rub of the green with the referees to go their way they're used to all this stuff because that's just how it is for the All Blacks because they're the best team in the world and yeah it will be interesting like mm. I'm not I, I honestly I still think we're going to lose and probably lose quite handily but <laughs> it will be interesting to see how they respond because you know you'd imagine that they would respond by fucking we'd reap the hurricane but yeah as you said they showed in 2011 that they can particularly in front of their own fans with all that weight of expectation and in many ways the pressure here is more intense than a Mm. world cup final in a lot of ways because they will never get another chance to right this wrong if they lose on saturday no, indeed. and None of these players will ever have another chance to win a Lions series. And I just honestly think if we can get the kicking game a bit better and stop giving away so many penalties, there's no reason why we can't score two or three tries, kick a bit better yeah. off the tee, because Barrett went mm. to pieces again off the tee largely. I mean, you know, thank God he did. But I just, you know, I can't say definitely, but a part no. of me would like to think that it's possible. I, I don't think it's impossible. It's a part of me that I hate <laughs> and will bring me nothing but misery. It is, misery, the, hope, it is but... the hope that kills you. And no, I just, I do feel like it's, I wouldn't given us zero chance this time last week to win yes. this series. And now I think there is a very small chance that we <laughs> might. A 20% chance, maybe. Ah, even smaller. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a chance and you know that's that's for, you know how long have we been fucking talking about this tour over the last year God, it has been, a long, been, it's trying, been a long well we've, we've avoided been, it and it feels like a very long time now still yeah. ended up fucking talking about it but you know how i did did we once consider the notion that we would be going into the third test with a shot you know i thought that there might, might be a tiny chance that we'd win one of the tests but if it was any of the ones, I thought it would have been the third one. Once it was all finished, yeah. Once it was all finished, as a bit of a sort of make-up call. It's 2009 style basically. Yeah, leaving aside all that, this is still fucking brilliant, isn't it? Heading into the last oh, game of what's effectively the season. Fucking amazing. With this coming up. it's You know, the sad thing is, I have to drive to Cardiff on Saturday morning, early, you, for reasons I'm going to. So I'm going to have to rely on my SkyGo connection while I'm driving through the Welsh borders to get down there, which is not <laughs> going to go well. Or TalkSport 2, DAB Digital Radio, which I last visited. But then I remembered, you see, I was gutted about this. I thought, I'm I don't sorry be- for your loss. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe this. But then I remembered the last time I listened to a Lions test in the radio was in my mum's Ford Escort in 1997. <sighs> When Jeremy Guskett kicked that drop goal. So I think, you know, actually part of me is a little bit happy I'm going to listen to it yeah, on the radio. There's a little bit of a... It's in the stars. There is, I'm We're going to win. <laughs> That's it now. That's sealed the deal. Yeah. But, yeah. I Tactics, schmactics. It's all about the radio. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, tactics kind of... It is a bit of that, like... 
tactics had nothing to do with why we won on the weekend, really. It was there was a whole lot of factors, and tactics were a very small part of it. And anything, it just that's why sport is so fucking brilliant, because yeah, anything can happen. You know, the All Blacks can get their first red card at home ever, and all of a sudden the Lions are in with a shot of winning the Test series. Who saw that coming? A couple of people said that they couldn't even. There wasn't even a betting line for a red card that they could find before the game. <laughs> That's how unlikely these things were seen to be. Wow. And so, yeah, it's sport is brilliant because we don't know what's going to happen. And I ain't got, you know, I think I know what's going to happen. But as the weekend proved, none of us have got any fucking clue what's going to happen because anything could. It could be 50-0 New Zealand. It could be an incredibly nervy, tight affair that somebody just pulls out a win of. Or we could turn up with the spirit of 71 in our sails and fucking romp to victory. God, I don't know. I know nothing anymore. Don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, we said it like anybody's listened to us at all, ever, anyway. <laughs> Fair point. Right, so that breaks So Josh is definitely in a losing camp. I'm in a, well, I think so, but I'd like to think that. I think I can see a way through to us winning. And if you'd have said yeah. to me two weeks ago, can you see a way through to us winning? I'd have said, no fucking chance, whereas now I can. <laughs> so that's a that's a positive movement. Let's do the shit good ratings to finish off this uh, merry band this weekend, Let's. shall we? Rattle do you want to make movies. a start with whichever one you want to do? Um, I'm going to go start with shit, and I'm going to start with... Every uh, time. Well, yeah. I mean, I just want to go out on a high note. <laughs> ah, um, good point. First shit, I'm actually going to go go Stuart Bond's shit watch for the yes. benefit of our readers, because obviously, with a, a historic game like that, there were loads of moments for Stuart Barnes to take a massive shit in our years. And uh, the one that, re- for some reason, the one that really got... Up my nose was at the end of the very first half, uh, the very end of the first half, where for some reason Barnes and Harrison got themselves audibly moist at Connor Murray's <laughs> cross kick to nothing with a penalty advantage at the very end of the first half. Fucking. When. Yeah. It was like, it was never going to come off. And they were talking about it as if it was the greatest bit of improvisational daring do since Phil Bennett for the Barbars in 73. Like, it made me so irrationally angry. Well, not irrationally angry, <laughs> rationally angry, because. It didn't fucking come off. It wasn't close to coming off. And more importantly, that is literally what every fucker does when they've got an advantage in the 22. The speculative crossfield yes. kick to nothing. And there they are saying, oh, if Aaron Smith had done that, we'd have been saying how he's the best in the world. Shut up. No. No, we'd have said how Aaron Smith like every other that. fucking scrum half in the world. Yeah. Aaron Smith would have done something that might have actually created a try scoring opportunity. Oh. Anyway, also at the end when obviously we were all in this classic cataclysmic ball of emotion, an mm. explosion of emotion, and and Miles Harrison was very much kind of you know we're going to the decide or whatever, and Stuart Barnes kind of went yes, but the, the All Blacks are still the favourites. It's like you miserable fat little fucker. Oh, Shut what up. Was that about? Let, let us have this. Will you? About, he started going on about the rain. It's like <laughs> hey, both teams were playing in this. Hey. Don't be, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, me and Josh can piss on yeah. any manner of chips, any variety this of is, chips, we'll piss all over them. saying, yeah. cheer the fuck up. But seriously, Stuart, just let us have that for a moment, will you? Yeah. Yeah, any, so there you go, Bar's yeah. shit watch. Anything else from you? Uh, Golden Barracks goal kicking, obviously. 70%. That's not good enough. 
speaking, level. Speaking of that, Elgin Evan Alderman got in touch on Twitter Great saying name. that Sean Cornell's slip of the tongue... Oh, I've just dropped something, sorry. Slip of the tongue saying that Brad Barrett was New Zealand's fly half. <laughs> Amusingly, you called him Sean Cornell there. Did I? So you're, well, I can't. You're I'm to talk, aren't I? He slipped up. Yeah, it's... It's because I'm dropping inception. this screwdriver I'm fidgeting. Yeah. I don't know why I'm fidgeting with a screwdriver, but I am. Um, it's, a, it's a weird inception of name slips there. The thing is, at least Brad Barrett's a person. Sean Quinnell isn't. Who's he? <laughs> I'm sure he is, but I don't... I'm sure he is. Anybody know anybody called Sean Quinnell? Should I get to know them? I'm Googling Sean Quinnell as we speak. <laughs> Maybe he's like a hidden Quinnell brother. Yeah, none of them stay hidden, do they? They're too massive. Uh, yeah, Sean Quinnell. Who was that poor uh, brother of theirs? He's, on, Lin- he's who... on LinkedIn. I can tell you that for nothing. <laughs> who was that poor brother of theirs? He was like massive and meant to be the best of them all, and had that terrible eye injury, didn't he? And had to retire quite young. Yeah, I don't know if he was the was best. It Gavin, of them all, but yeah, Gavin he, Quinnell. He got, he got, he got. It was horrible. That was. He got yeah. his fucking eye socket stamped on by some shit house in a league game. Good God! I think they might have pressed charges on that. It was horrible. Uh, Andy and Brum got in touch on Twitter and said, "Shit is was my heart rate at the end of the, that's Andy's heart rate, not mine. Uh, the heart rate at the end oh, of the final not, whistle. Not beat the bus. Yeah, mine was all over the shop. Uh, fuck knows what it was doing to Sir Ian. Get well soon. Yeah, we forget yes, this. Yes. Geek should have been watching this probably on his mobile phone in the hospital, having just had some <laughs> kind of terrible yeah. bloody collapsing problem. Yes." A very, uh, you know, early good shout, but very good that he's... Uh, yeah, it was a bug, wasn't it? He just had a bit of a yeah, low blood sugar release, I think. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, you know, we all... I often, you know, have a bit of a piss take of Serene when because he, he obviously gets up in the morning and decides which accent he's going to do that day, whether he's from Scotland or Yorkshire <laughs> that day, but he is a legend, and I have, Absolutely. you know, I've shed a tear or two watching him on those Lions videos, so oh, God. I do love him. And he, don't get me started on that, no. Bit after the second test in the Lions stock. Oh. Hey, imagine how chuffed Ben Utley is, by the way, with all this. Oh my God, he's loving this shit, isn't he? Yes. Except, um, although he probably is just gonna, he hasn't noticed because he's been too busy, desperately trying to get James Haskell to leave him oh, alone with his homemade you, footage. Did you see Sean O'Brien when asked about? I whether... fucking loved that. Terrible roommate. He's no ve- shit. He's a very poor roommate. And then tried to make light of it, but you could see in his eyes that he yeah. meant every fucking truth is, he's word a of fucking... it. Yeah, I don't he's like that he videos me fuck... when I'm asleep. He's doing my fucking head in. <laughs> Basically, is what he was saying. Basically, yeah. And uh, Any yeah, other I shit? can only imagine. I feel for Ben because I can only imagine that Haskell's just come in with like hard disks full of his own homemade GoPro footage and just being like, here, Ben. Ben, look at this. I bet, look he's, this. I bet he stood behind him while he's doing stuff going, oh, that's the uh, <laughs> X7254 editing <laughs> console, isn't it? <laughs> like that, oh, yeah, it? That's, the, that's the red one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you used to get that in uh, ba- You were in bands, and so was I. You used to get that when you did gigs. You would get these kind of geeky musician types who were in the pub yes. while you were setting up who would come over, yes. wouldn't they, and want to yeah. talk to you while you were look setting at, up. Look at your effect pedals. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, it's a lot of that, and I now call them my <laughs> beloved readers. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so be careful. Yeah, oh, brilliant people, <laughs> salt of the earth, lovely people, cracking people. Um, other shits for me. Moving on before yeah. I say something honest, um, it's Hodge's discipline in the second half. He is an amazing player. He was probably the best player on the park for large portions of that game, but bloody hell. His discipline in the second one, it, was, it wasn't even like moronic Mako-esque hot-headedness. It was just like, stop going offside all the time. 
like just get onside. He's or he's got you banged to rights. Don't get done for two penalties in two minutes. Like I know he's young, and we forget how inexperienced he is at time. But like biggest game of his life on Saturday, and I he kind of needs to get hold of that. Here's a point on this, which is interesting, right? Vunapola gave away four penalties on Saturday. Mm. Itoji gave away two. Alan Wynn gave mm. away one. Sean O'Brien gave away two. Mm. Warburton gave away zero. Yeah. Which just goes back to the point I was making before. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just interesting to look at it that way. Oh, yeah. he And the number of times he was over the ball, but let go when he was told. And oh, yeah, as glorious. we saw with the very amusing Mako slapping uh, Tag Furlong on the arse thing in one of the warm-up games because he wouldn't let go when the ref had told him to, <laughs> yeah. um, which was hilarious, by the way. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's very hard for a player when they've got their hands on the ball to let it go because you think, I could get this, I'm on the ball, I'm fair, I'm legal, yada, yada, yada. Very few of players have the discipline to let go once they're, they've got their hands yeah. on it. And it's a hell of a skill to have. that's Sean O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Kieran Ricketts got in touch on Twitter and said, shit for him is there are people actually calling for CJ Stander to replace Falatel for the final test. Look, I'm just going to give a piece of advice to everybody out there, right? Just don't read Twitter. Just don't do it. <laughs> I think that's actually... I know that doesn't yeah. serve my interest because I'd like you to read what I'm putting on there and read, you know, find out what's mm. happening with this pod. But honestly, just don't bother because... The number of absolute fucking imbeciles that have come out of the woodwork this oh week. Oh my god! Is and I don't and literally it's been this week. I don't know that yeah. it's because they've just been referred my way this week by other people and I've never <laughs> noticed before. But honest to god, it's 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 a dazzling, dazzling array of mouth-breathing idiots who don't seem to have it's, the first clue stellar. of what they're talking about. It. I was reminded, thanks to Time Hop, uh, the uh, what were you doing this time? X number of years ago app today that uh, today as we record this is the anniversary of uh, Bod getting dropped four years ah, ago. Ah, right. Which was the previous high watermark for <laughs> fucking morons who don't know what they're talking about throwing opinions at me. And yeah, I think when's, when's the next? 2021 is it the next be, tour? Yeah, if it ever I goes guess. ahead, but yeah. I am, if Twitter still exists in 2021, I mean, if the world still exists, <laughs> if, that's not if we're not year. living in a nuclear winter to shout to each yeah. other over the yeah. wasteland. I, I think I might actually just turn Twitter off for the duration of the Lions tour because that's two tours in a row now where I can honestly say that Twitter has negatively impacted my enjoyment of the Lions. As you say, just because there's so many fucking dickheads about, and like I'm sure lots of people think that we are. Oh, know, make that so. description. I'm sure. Well, like, the thing that got me was that, like, literally ten minutes after full time, there were people moaning about Warburton and Alwyn Jones and Gatland playing favourites. Fucking hell, lads. Yeah, and it's 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 a self-fulfilling prophecy that no amount of evidence makes people now listen. Oh no, I no, know they... all about having a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> that no amount of evidence. Which we see is, yes. I freely admit that there is nothing reasonable about yeah. about about my relationship with with Mister James Haskell, and I yes. know it's ridiculous. And I, to be honest, don't try to defend it much. Sometimes I no. do, but. Generally speaking, I know it's stupid, so therefore I just—it's part of my charm now that yes, I'm so ridiculous it's with part it. Of, 
it's part of your shtick. Yes. So, and, you know, I know it's for kind of comic effect now, yeah. really. And I know that everybody has got their own, you know, their own biases and everybody's got the particular coloured spectacles of whatever country that they're a fan of in full effect during a Lions tour. But lads yeah. and lasses, we've just... The All Blacks have lost at home for the first time in eight years to a Lions team that hasn't beaten New Zealand since 1993. If your reaction to that is to fucking moan about the players who have just accomplished this ridiculous feat because <laughs> you don't like the colour of the jersey that they normally wear, I'm sorry to tell you that maybe this Lions thing just isn't for you and maybe you should just stop fucking watching it because there is no pleasing you. If you can't be happy at that moment, just don't fucking bother. God, we're weirdly positive this week, aren't we? Yeah, we are, aren't we? We love the like lions, you know. Telling stop people it. to stop being fucking miserable. I can't remember the last time this happened. Nick Tailteller got in touch and simply said for shit, just simply said, shit house Bill Williams. <laughs> Which I do like. Shit house of I the like week is, sorry, yeah. is, is Billy Son Williams. Oh. That's just never getting old, is it? Yeah. I want to thank whoever BBC Wales's graphics department did that. It was Jamie Phillips on Twitter referred it our way, my way, even though it's been anybody else. But yeah, thank you very much. Anything else from shit for you? Um, the Sun Wolves. I'm Moving not away from this. the Lions for five minutes. They lost 94 7 to the Lions on Saturday. Good Lord above. Let that fucker sink in for a minute. Two teams ostensibly. Seven. Same conference and division were separated by nearly 100 points. Like, 94 for 7 is a bad T20 score. It shouldn't be a We'll have to start score. including the Summers in our There's Always Next Year feature, won't we? <laughs> well, you'll like this. Do you know how many tackles they missed? The Summers? Oh, yes. God. Um, hang on a minute now. Who was it who missed 30 the other week? Scotland missed 30 tackles, didn't they, the other week? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's above that, I'm guessing. Oh, yes. All right, <laughs> Oh, it's not like, is it 50? More. No! They missed 59 tackles. How many did they try to make? I don't know! <laughs> I can't find the stats for seeing what their tackle completion percentage was, but, oh my God. Like, I know Nick Mallett has basically come out and said Japan is not taking Super Rugby seriously after that, and I think he might have a fucking point. Do you reckon? When was the game? Uh, Saturday. I'm going to have to try and find this total tackles thing here now. It's, it's 59 missed tackles. 94 is, 7. That is absolutely it's incre- I mean, staggering. The Lions are a bloody good side. And the, I, the person I feel sorry for in all this is Philo Tia Tia. Because <laughs> the stats here are absolutely magnificent. 71 ta- <laughs> 130 tackles attempted, 71 tackles made. So they what? What percentage is that? Fifty-five percent tackle completion. That's incredible. And get this: meters run. The Sun Wolves ran three hundred and three meters. Guess how many meters the Lions ran in total? Eight hundred. One thousand two hundred and fourteen. That's a kilometer. <laughs> They've run a full kilometer. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Weirdly, oh. that someone's managed to put 136 passes in during that 303 metres. The Lions had 183 passes. They must have just caught the ball and run straight through them. God. 
Hey, to be fair I'm to the so Sunwolves, they, I'm they only staggered could... by they've only made fifty-five percent of their fucking tackles. That's absolutely. The Lions. You know, Tia Tia should just leave oh, the them. The stats in, South in this game are absolutely spectacular. The, the Lions made thirty-nine clean breaks. Thirty-nine <laughs> clean breaks. And I mean, wait, get, how did this help. happen? They made thirty-nine clean breaks, beat fifty-nine defenders, but only Jesus. did nine. They did nine offloads, and the Sunwolves did eleven offloads. That's incredible. That is genuinely incredible. <laughs> How do you lose You couldn't that? write this. This is unbelievable. 14, 14 tries to one mind. God. 39 clean breaks, 59 defenders beaten for the Lions. Unbelievable. The Lions, the Lions only won 89 rucks. So they had more <laughs> points than rucks won. <laughs> That's got to be... That's got to be a record. That can't have ever happened before. They only had 57 gain line carries. That's, <laughs> that is amazing. God, I love that. That is, I mean, that is the not most... Not if you're a Sunwolves fan. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I assume you're still... I assume if you're a Sunwolves fan, you're mainly there for the mascot anyway. But... Yeah, but that's rubbish now, isn't it? They've got a rubbish like Oh, yeah, they've ruined it. They take it. They've gotten rid of human hands. Boy. Anyway, sorry, we were oh. meant to rattle through these, but I got completely distracted yeah. by that absolutely well magnificently ramshackle performance. Um, <laughs> right, anything else from shit while we're on it? Uh, yeah, just one last thing. All this Razzy Erasmus vitriol, because he's leaving Munster, like people are getting really angry and saying that he shouldn't do it and he's somehow acted wrongly, yada, yada, yada. Um, like I feel Munster fans pain here because he's a very good coach, obviously. But mm. when you're a proud South African and a proud Springbok, and somebody offers you the opportunity to take charge of your country, yeah, what do you expect and, him to do? No thanks. What do you expect? And it's not like he's gone. Yeah, see you later, lads. He's handed in his notice, his six month notice period, just like Pat Lamb did. Mm. And that's kind of it, really. I mean, it's shit for Munster, but that's the price you pay when you have a top notch head coach. I think you've always got to ask yourself the question with these things. If it was you, would you do it? And most people will say, yes, I would. Yeah. If you go back, do you remember when Sol Campbell went from Tottenham to Arsenal? Yes. In the football. And somebody Mm. said, you know, if you asked the question, if you were Sol Campbell, would you have done it? I think most people honestly say, you know what? I probably wouldn't. No. But actually with this one, everybody would. Everybody would, you know. It's not even like they've been saying, oh, come and be in charge of South Africa. It's like, come and save South African rugby from itself. You know, that's... On many levels, I compl- I, I just can't see why anyone can complain about it. It sucks for Monster because Absolutely. they're losing two bloody you know, good coaches. Sell a V. Yeah, shit happens. Right then. Well, let's good. finish with, with good. <clears throat> yes. Puffin Muncher um, got in touch on Twitter, and this is very good. Uh, he said, "Good was us, us despite Mako Varupola's going full hold my beer after Sonny Bill Williams' red card, <laughs> which I thought was great. Uh, the Lions did manage to take it seriously. We decided, yes, that is good. But however, the hold my beer line is 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 the reason why I wanted it's to read that out reason, here. Well, that's getting run out. Yep. Um, good. I really liked um, Connor Murray quite literally grabbing Carl Sinclair by the back of his collar like an errant child and dragging him away from the ruck before he could get involved in any afters after the decisive penalty. Because um, you could see he sprung up and he was ready to 
get in someone's face. And he, Murray was like, no. He was no, ready no. to give it full South London gangster. 100%. And uh, yes, he that's super sharp leadership for one and very good composure under the circumstances. And also it was hilarious. Yes. I mean, to be that, you know, I'll wind this up now, but what a season Carl Sinclair's had, by the way. Incredible. We'll see how like, it goes for his difficult second season next year. But yes, it's a what a season. Yeah, fabulous. What else have we got? Good. Russell Pugh got in touch on Twitter. Said good was good was Maruitoji finally having a good reason to clap, <laughs> rather than it being some yeah. like you know knock on or some. Uh... Yes. But yeah, that's true, Russell. <laughs> I also enjoyed Alan Wynne Jones smacking him on the arse so hard that I feel like he nearly knocked him over after he <laughs> won a turnover quite early on in the game. Alan Wynne was fucking brilliant this week, by the way. He was fucking brilliant, I'm and he sorry, was also he brilliant. Was fucking brilliant. He was not only brilliant when he was on the field and demonstrated basically exactly what we were talking about last week of why he was there. I he he's hard as fucking nails. He does all of the dirty work, and he is more skillful than any other lock in that. Because he was really pack. the first... He was putting it about like fuck in the first 15 minutes. Yep, he was. And he was taking the ball at first receiver. Yep. Lovely little... Everybody's talking about John Davis's lovely little cat flap offload. Mm. Nobody's talking about the fact that it was about a foot behind Alan Wynne-Jones and he still picked it up and made the pass himself. Um, Yeah, he was brilliant. And also, when he got taken off, he every time they cut to him on the bench he was embodying every single fan on the planet because he looked like he was going through yes. every emotion under the sun. Seven and I also, levels it, of hell, yeah. Yes, he looked like a man that was quite literally on the verge of everything that we were all feeling. And then also, at the end of the game, chanting the Omaru Itoje song as he went off was excellent as well he was just he basically became a fan as soon as he went off the field it was brilliant it was i i obviously noted because it suddenly came to me that it was 21 all in the second test in 2009 yeah going into the last five minutes and <laughs> so i was waiting to see who was going to do the full-on ronan ogara purple face bandage head meltdown yeah and in the end it was Bowden barrett <laughs> and aaron cruden with that ridiculous cross oh, kick that he tried well. yeah it was bizarre cruden and barrett yeah, both was... completely fell to pieces Absolutely mad decision. I still don't know why he did that. I'm glad, delighted he did. Because and the other thing, because Ronald Gara did that with the Lions. Ronald Gara also did my favourite ever cross kick against Scotland, when he cross kicked yes. in his own twenty-two and lost the game for his team. It, yes. That was so wrong on every single level that you ter- <laughs> you you care to take it with. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, so it's nearly as bad uh, as Lionel yes. Boxy's trying to volley that uh, kick that the scrum half threw to him that was another fantastic <laughs> one as well uh, yeah right anyway um, so think, yeah any good yeah, other good to me uh, John Davis man of the series so far I'd have said so I think he's been yeah. even in the in the, the bad game I mean two games but the first game he was excellent yeah. he, he was I don't quieter think it's any, it's... he didn't seem to get the ball as much on but then well, who did, did something decent was... with it when he did and it was the same in the yeah. first test. You know, he did something reasonable with the ball when he got it, and he's the same again yeah. this week. And he's been pretty rock solid defensively. Yeah. And I think, to good. be fair to Gatland, and I actually did say this last week in my preview, which kind of was born out, you know, they, if you're going to, you need to get the ball to him because he's playing well. And if you have Teo, the ball's not going to him, or not yeah. as much as you'd like it to. Yeah. And uh, no, it, it all worked out rather well, let's be honest. Uh, what um, else do we have from Twitter? Uh, the Flather got in touch on Twitter and said, good, was that we finally worked out how to make New Zealand games fair. We only give them 14 players. 
Yeah, I'm all for that going forward, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Like when you used to play cricket against the big lads and you only had to run halfway down the pitch <laughs> for a run. <laughs> like it. Um, speaking of All Blacks, actually, um, I thought the way Steve Hansen acted after the game was uh, actually very impressive. Yes, because like, he was being goaded like fuck, wasn't he? By, oh, uh, like, literally everyone that spoke to him was trying to get him to say something pissy about the referee and he straight batted absolutely everything and was very gracious and very magnanimous in defeat and, you know, he was very decent about the whole thing. I was yeah, quite surprised. Yeah, he was basically, we just couldn't get it going this week and they were the better yeah. side, you know. To be honest, the whole week, like, he, you know, came out in sort of defended Gatland for yet another fucking absurd New Zealand press being a bunch of dickheads thing about him. And, you know, I, I thought he's, this, this whole series, he in, in a series that has not always been characterised by people showing a great deal of class or humility, um, <laughs> Hansen showed both in spades this week and fair play to him. I think it's easy, to be honest, to get coloured by the certain parts of the New Zealand media. And to be honest... Massively, yeah. If you read the English media... Oh, yeah, 100%. Most people don't hate England rugby because of England rugby. It tends to be because of the England rugby media. Some of it is yeah. because of England rugby, if you're not English. I, I admit that. But it's exacerbated by the media yeah. and the, the press. The, the, the attitude of the press definitely characterises it. And it's just... it's Yeah. New Zealand press is just all the more vitriolic about it because it's it's the big deal over there, whereas it's not so much of a I big just, deal. Just, the New here. Zealand Herald just seem to be a bunch of clickbait, horrible gits, basically. You know, it's we all know them, that don't way, we? Doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's not been it's it's not been very endearing, has it? To say the least. It hasn't. And there you are. We come to the end of another bumper episode. Indeed. So, it's ladies and gentlemen, a... it's been emotional, and we will go it for the full. Emotional. Redemption next week. When I hope to be playing this very song again. Yes. So who's gonna be who's technically getting redemption this time? Is it gonna be the All Blacks or us? The whole Lions idea okay. will right. be redeemed. Okay, and we'll good. have this kind of Thanks for clarifying that. Listen to the bit that goes boo in the background. <laughs> That's just so bizarre. Anyway, we'll just leave this running while we finish. Goodbye, everybody. Take care, everybody. I haven't got a license for this, by the way. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.